and I'm gonna wear my Letterman, Letterman football jacket. jacket. Just what like I did to a funeral. Him? Hi, I'm Archie Andrews, and I wear my Letterman jacket in inappropriate situations. He's a fool. Archie Andrews is a him. fool. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And the character from Riverdale that I am most like, according to this BuzzFeed quiz we just took, is Archie, and this is not what I wanted, and I don't think this was entirely accurate. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. In the BuzzFeed quiz we just took, I got Miss Grundy and I was absolutely disgusted, so I cheated until I got Kevin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but genuinely, what? if you could be a Riverdale character, you'd be Veronica. <gasps> That's a nice thing anyone's ever said to me. Honestly. <laughs> kind of feel like crying. I feel like you would definitely be Jughead. That's a... <laughs> but, like, that's actually... No, but, like, legitimately, though. <laughs> like, legitimately, though. That's why I love him so much, because I relate to him so much. Like, you are Jughead, and Jughead is you. Like, literally, like, we're both best friends with people like Betty, and that's what I think is funny. <laughs> so true, though. Because I gravitate towards people like Betty because they're safe and they're cool and they're nice. And, they're, yeah, and I relate nice. to them, too. Yeah. Because Betty, you know, hides her face when she goes into boys' <laughs> locker rooms. <laughs> I would never even attempt to go in a boys' locker room. No, me neither. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mostly Definitely because not. when I was in school, if you even walked by the boys' locker room, an overwhelming smell of sweat and Axe body spray would come out of there. Yep. And it was like, yep. nah, <laughs> nothing's worth it. Today, we have words to say about episode 108 of Riverdale, The Outsiders. Ooh. Ooh. We're back. Finally. It's been three weeks and we're here. It's, I don't know how to tell you this, but it's actually been a month. What? Yeah. What? Wait. Yeah. It was a three-week hiatus, but there's like the week in between, so it's actually been 28 days. It feels like it's been a really long time, so I guess that makes sense. It honestly, it felt like we were gone forever. (laughs) Like, uh, I came home from work and I was like, I have an episode of Riverdale to watch. Like, I didn't even know how to feel. Honestly, I feel like us watching Riverdale, like, stresses me out more than watching The 100 at this point. Yeah, I feel your emotional investment in Riverdale is extremely, extremely high. It is. And I, like, I I freak out. It concerns me. And I'm just here having a good-ass time. That's just always how, your life, isn't it? <laughs> no, when I watch The 100, I'm so stressed. Like, my, I bet you my blood pressure just skyrockets. That's relatable. <laughs> it's you when you watch Jughead. That's me during every episode of The 100. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the baby shower stuff first, and then we're going to be moving on to the stuff with the serpents and construction and stuff. So, like, you know, the most masculine and the most feminine things. <laughs> this is, like, a very gendered episode is what I'm learning. Because things have to be on the nose sometimes. It's just funny because the only girl who's in the masculine, like, storyline is Hermione, and she's, like, the most feminine. I know, I loved, she was in the construction hat in the high-heeled boots, and I was like, same. (laughs) See, you're like Veronica or Hermione, that's just you. (laughs) Thank you so much, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so, baby shower. 
We learned, okay, so the Coopers were high school sweethearts, which I think we knew already. Mm -hmm. So, like, this little, like, montage that Jughead has. We see Jason and Polly in Pops. Jason has a chocolate milkshake, and Polly has a vanilla milkshake, so. So. Not strawberry, but whatever. Like, I still get the point. And Jughead is eating a fry with a burger in front of him, so it is implied that he ate the burger. Jughead ate a burger. Jughead ate a burger. Jughead ate a burger. Alert, alert! Apparently he's been eating burgers the whole time, and we just haven't noticed, but, like, yeah, this time they made it really obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what they said was this was gonna be a one-time drug delivery, mm-hmm. and I have a theory. Okay. We see that the ring was also lost in the fire. Yeah. If FP has the jacket... Maybe he also has the ring. We just we only see him putting the jacket in the bag at the end of the episode, so I wonder if maybe the ring is going to be possible proof. Oh, that's pretty good. Thanks. And, like, also, you know, like, because it's FP and you're not 100% sure what he's doing, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that ring wound up in, like, a pawn shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin says the phrase, baby snatching blossom monsters. <laughs> so that is a thing. And Cheryl doesn't take offense to it, I guess. Cheryl's like, I know what family I'm in. Oh, and Veronica mentions that she was invited to Oscar parties for Vanity Flair and Elton John. And Kevin looks like it's Christmas morning. Okay, I made the exact same facial expression as Kevin. And then I turned to my cousin and she looked at me and then she just looked at the TV. And she was like, (laughs) stop. Stop. (laughs) But like Vanity Flair, this is just like Glamazon.com all over again. Yeah, Glamazon and um, American Excess card. I, I absolutely love it. I love how it's just Veronica who are saying these ridiculous things. It's so Archie Comics. Yeah. She says, like, let's do a baby shower. So that's a thing. And that's the rest of the plot of the episode. <laughs> but here's the first time when the word boyfriend has been bought, brought up for Betty and Jughead. And so that's a thing. I still refuse to use their ship name. I'm like, Archie, stop. He's like... I'm like, bro, you messed up, and now you see you messed up? Chill. Yeah, how do you think Archie feels about that? Because, like, I don't. I thought he ugh. was chill, but now he's giving weird facial expressions, and I'm kind of like, well, wait, like, is he not chill? Jughead, you can tell me anything. And, like, it seems like they are being really open with each other until Jughead's with Betty, and whenever Jughead's with Betty, then Archie's, like, being kind of sketchy. And it's like, don't be Archie, be Veronica. Yeah. Be supportive. Then Alice shows up, and, like, one of my favorite moments in the whole episode is her saying Elizabeth Cooper and Betty just saying, Mom? <laughs> just, like, in the weirdest way, but, like, in the best way. My favorite moment was Veronica silently going, Me? And me? me? What? Yep. So we learn that Sheriff Keller totally snitched on them. Because he's a responsible adult, which are kind of hard to find in the show. Yeah, true. Then, you know, Betty's saying, you can be a part of Polly's life. Like, your real choice here is, do you want to be a part of Polly's life or not? It's not your choice whether or not she has, she keeps the baby. So, notice, like, the proud look on Veronica's face when Betty's making this entire speech. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's just so happy that Betty's finally standing up to Alice and doing something for herself. Aw. Like, what a big moment for Betty, to be honest. Yeah, true. 
Yeah. Okay, so then they bring it up to Polly, and she says she wants to invite Alice and Penelope, at least. Mm-hmm. We've learned that Penelope tried to declare her as an unfit mother, but I guess that was overturned. What a classy woman. I can totally see why Polly would want to live there. And then later, Hermione brings up the Hatfield and McCoys, which they keep bringing up, but only this time did I actually look them up. I assumed I knew what they were, but mm-hmm. I did look them up just to just to make sure. Okay. And it's, you know, about family honor and justice and revenge like you would expect it to be. Yes, of course. Because this is Riverdale and everything has to be right on the nose. Yeah. Um, and we still realize that no one knows that Hiram's the buyer. Still no one knows except for... What's the point of keeping this a secret? Probably just, like, I feel like Hermione and Veronica's safety, mainly. Because the Blossoms are going to come after them. And also Fred's going to be like, you lied to me. But what could the Blossoms possibly even do? I mean, they're capable of a lot, right? I don't... I mean, I'm not this creative. I can't... (laughs) (laughs) I just, like, keep wondering, like, would Fred really care that deeply? I think that he probably wouldn't care if he had said, oh man, I really want this thing. I wish I could do it. And Hermione was just like, oh, well, I know how we could do that because it's actually my husband who's doing that. Yeah, if she'd been up front. And then Fred would be like, oh, great. Okay, well, let's figure it out together. But since it's been such a freaking long time that she's been lying to him, I don't know. That would bother me. For sure. But now I still just, I don't understand... Hermione's motives in keeping it a secret in the first place. Right. I don't know. Alice and Hermione get together. Notice Alice's rose brooch. Oh. I have a thing about roses, rose brooches, a little bit later when we get to the actual baby shower. Okay. Okay. Rose brooch, first of all. Then, pretty much, Hermione's saying, you should come to this or else you'll probably regret it for the rest of your life. I super love that scene between them, though, because we actually, it's the start of Alice not being a one-note villain. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it happened, like, through Hermione, where you get to see both of their perspectives and, like, also see what a cautionary tale Betty and Veron- they are for Betty and Veronica. Right. Because I don't want them to end up that way. Polly says, Betty, I want you to be the godmother of my kid, which, like, obviously, and just, like, Veronica's the best person in this scene. Veronica's <laughs> the best person in any scene. Oh my god! It's just true. Baby shower happens. Val and Mel are there, but Josie isn't. Isn't Josie supposed to be, like, a main character on the show? I don't know, but it feels like she's always left out for some reason. She's never around. It's weird. It, it is, like, it's, it's weird to the point where I'm like, why is Josie a main character if they're not using her? Yeah. Kind of irritating. Uh, okay, so, like, Jughead's the only dude here, right? Yes. It, like, it makes sense, but also, like, I mean, I've been to baby showers where dudes are there. Yeah. But also, like, he's not Polly's boyfriend. No, he's... he's Betty's boyfriend. I don't know. He's there for support. I think my favorite part of him being there is that you have all of the women in, like, these soft pastels and pinks and blues, and then Mm -hmm. Jughead's there in, like, this this jarringly dark color palette. And I was like, that looks fantastic. Yeah. Okay, rose brooches, are you prepared? I am prepared. Alice comes in, and she has this pink rose brooch. Mm-hmm. Once Penelope comes in, she has almost exactly the same brooch, but in black. Yes. You know how much I love those brooches. Yeah. 
Interesting. But it's interesting that all of the brooches in this episode, at least the ones that I caught, were all roses. And is that supposed to connect to Thornhill, or what is that supposed to connect to? Hmm. I don't know. Well, there's, like, the every rose has its thorn, and then... Did you Google the meaning of a black rose? Let's do it. Black rose symbolism. Wikipedia, shout out. Black roses are symbols featured in fiction with many different meanings and titles such as black velvet rose, black magic, black beauty, black jade, blah, 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 blah. The roses commonly called black roses are technically a very dark shade of red, purple, or maroon. This is not relevant. Blah, 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 blah. Um, symbolism within politics, symbolism within pop culture. The symbolism in many works of fiction usually contrives feelings of mystery, danger, or some sort of darker emotion like sorrow or obsessive love. Yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah. And then uh, Alice's color was pink? Yeah, like a light pink. So this is sort of like definitely a turning point for Alice. Because yeah. now, suddenly, in this episode, we like her? Alice is finally a di- like a three-dimensional character. Yes, we get her now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... The thing, I have so many thoughts about Alice in this episode, but it basically boils down to, it took eight episodes for the show to be like, oh, maybe we should make Alice a dynamic character because we have this amazing actress. Mm -hmm. She plays a huge role in Betty's life. And so far, all she's done is make herself completely irredeemable. Yeah. And so you go into this episode and I I feel a little shortchanged that it took eight episodes for her to Mm -hmm. have any development at all. Yeah. I'm glad that it's here, but at this point, it's like, is Alice a redeemable character? I honestly don't know. I feel like if we had only just seen her in the past maybe two episodes, then I would be like, definitely. But because we've seen her do such awful things for seven whole episodes before she's she's become an okay person, like, I don't know. I I still I'm still not convinced that we've heard her whole story and if we have then I just don't get her brain. I just I am all for cuz like I love the idea of having women and especially moms not be one-note characters in mm-hmm. media especially in like teen shows where they they don't have any like development at all. So I'm mm-hmm. all for this development, and I'm really excited about it. The same, just, it's just, you know, has it been earned at all? Yeah. And the the issue is that it actually works. Like, when you watch the episode, I feel for Alice, and I feel like I finally understand Alice. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, how long, like, can the audience really get past the fact that, you know, she isolates Betty, and she sent Polly away, and she's clearly been, like, a borderline emotionally abusive parent? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But I'm not going to be upset that they're trying to develop her because I really like it. True. Yeah. So the Blossoms come in and they've got this super, super expensive stroller and just like a whole bunch of presents (laughs) that they just like pile upon Nana Rose. That was so funny. What's with this moment where Cheryl was like, like, make me the godmother because I bought you this nice thing? Like, that, that seems manipulative. I think it was Cheryl genuinely attempting to be funny and totally yeah. failing. It would, like, make sense if she was, like, kidding, but then she was like, I'm not kidding. And I was like, oh, where, where's your brain? She, I think she's, like, trying to be charming, but she doesn't know how to be, char- like, she knows how to be, like, manipulative charming, but funny charming. Right. I was honestly giggling during that. I love her. <laughs> 
And then, so Penelope apologizes to Polly. But honestly, I don't believe anything that Penelope freaking says. No, sounds super fake. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So Nana Rose says that she thinks that it's going to be twins, which kind of works out. And, like, it makes sense genetically because Jason and Cheryl were twins, and usually you have twins in the family if you have twins. Yeah, but they're supposed to skip a generation, aren't they? I don't know, I guess. I mean, my grandpa was a twin, so I'm just, like, waiting on some more twins, I Yeah, guess. my mom's a twin, and I'm like, oh god, if my sister <laughs> or I have twins, like, it's gonna be a nightmare. I know our family. Yeah. I can't handle raising two of my sisters. She's a nightmare. <laughs> she, she knows I love her more than anything. But this will, would also kind of work out because then Betty could be one of their godmother and Cheryl could be the other. Okay, firstly, love that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, why has no one taken Polly to a doctor? Right? They're like, oh, it could be twins. And I was sitting there like, do they even know if the baby's healthy? Someone book this girl an ultrasound. Like, she was with the sisters, so I assume they know, like, at least the baby's, like, fine, but, like, are there two of them? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. But Alice gives her her nightlight, and I'm a little bit confused about this nightlight. It was really cute. Yeah, but I'm a little confused just because we know that that nightlight was in Betty's room, and we know that that nightlight was, like, in Betty's room in the present day. Wait, so what are you maybe, about? like, that the nightlight that she gave her, is it not the same one that we saw in Betty's room? Uh, not that I noticed, but I wasn't paying that close attention to the nightlight in Betty's room. But that was, like, episodes ago that it was in Betty's room. And, like, they did, like, a close-up on it. Oh. Like, Polly and Betty were having a flashback, and she's like, it's okay, Betty, I'll turn on your nightlight. Oh, well, hmm. You don't remember this? No, I remember the flashback, now I remember oh. it. Um, yeah. But then, so, like, she's like, I'll turn on your nightlight. She turns on the nightlight, walks away, and then it's a time jump to present day and the nightlight's still there. So what I'm wondering is, do they have the same nightlight, or did they mess up thinking that that was Polly's nightlight when it was actually Betty's? I would really love if they had matching nightlights. I think that'd be really sweet. Yeah, I think that's cute, but also then Polly's just like, how did you find, like, where did you find this? Like, oh my gosh, so, like, maybe Polly wasn't using it anymore, but Betty does still use hers? I don't know. Well, honestly, that's believable to me because uh, when I was a baby, I had a baby blanket that I really loved um, mm-hmm. that I got in Hawaii. Like, I picked it. My favorite thing when I was little was elephants. So yeah. I picked out a Babar blanket from, um, like, this swap meet Shout out to Babar! Yeah! But when I grew, like, when I got a little bit older and my sister came along, the baby blanket, I passed it on to her, and now, you know, it's still her baby blanket to this day. So maybe it's, like, a matter of the older sister passing something beloved along to the younger sister to comfort her. Okay, but then Alice takes it out of Betty's room to give to Polly? (laughs) I don't know! I'm like, that's a nice thought, but let me ruin it. (laughs) Thanks. But yeah, anyway, I was a little confused by that nightlight, but maybe they just have to. I don't know, but anyway. I think that's legit. Then Archie barges in and, and, and like, that's a thing for the other thing that we talk about later. When Archie Andrews learn manners. Has Archie ever been to Veronica's house? No. How does he know which house is Veronica's? I feel like everyone knows which house is Veronica's. Okay. (laughs) Like, to be fair. Doesn't she live in, like, an apartment complex? I kind of assume that they kind of just, like, own most of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just like, how does he know which door is hers? I don't know. 
all. But maybe he's barging into every single door. Just Veronica. trying to find the freaking no, thing. No, not here. Veronica. No, not here. Veronica, I got it right. <laughs> Has anyone seen Jughead? I have to confront him. I'm doing confrontations today. <laughs> Did you sign up for one? No, there's a waiting list. <laughs> I'm here to confront. But anyway, after Archie leaves, Penelope has given her this rocking horse. I, like, what's it for? She said that the grandfather used to play with it? Or, like, so, uh, babies can't ride that? Because it's too, I mean, it's small enough for a baby, but a baby can't keep itself up? I don't know. Or is it for decoration? I don't know. Please don't make me explain rocking horses to you. Anyway, I don't want that, so I don't, (laughs) it doesn't matter what I would do with it. They use rocking horses later. How? What? Like, I don't know. It's, like, babies ride on rocking horses. Like, the parent. Oh my god, I thought you were talking good... about, like, narratively they use rocking horses later. I'm like, where is this symbolism I missed? Oh no. No, 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 no. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> um, but Elby's like, you can stay at Thornhill if you want. And Alice is like, how about not? And I was like, crap, I'm Team Alice. Right? Oops, when did this happen? Then Polly gets up and is just like, this is why Jason died, because you guys are mad. And it was like, damn, she has a point. Yeah, exactly. Can I just say, though, Jason and Polly, when we see them together, they look like, um, they look like dolls. They do, right? Yeah. Oh my god, and we still haven't heard Jason, like, say literally anything. That's why he's, like, extra creepy to me, honestly. Yeah. He's so creepy to me. Every time I see him, I'm just like, ah, because he kind of does look like a doll. Yeah, they, they both look completely, especially in the flashbacks before mm-hmm. uh, Polly gets pregnant, they look completely unreal. Yeah. Anyway, they Which scare a, me. It's a great detail. Then later after everyone's gone, they pretty much just say if, if she hadn't been sent away, they might still have Jason, but she might have also gotten hurt or gotten hurt in his place or something. Mm-hmm. Even though we still don't actually know what happened to him. Cool motive, still unlawful imprisonment. And then my next note is, is Alice okay now? (laughs) Which I still just not sure. Remains to be seen. Okay, so this appointment that Hal set up for her, they seem to be afraid of using the word abortion. Apparently, I don't know why. I don't know why either. Like, I mean, I guess I get it because it's a touchy subject, but, like, it's heavily implied. But I also don't think that this is a pro-life, pro-choice issue. No. Like, I think it's just about this in particular. Like, I don't think that's what they're arguing about, that their views are different in that way. No, it's it's 100% about, like, solving what they see to be a problem. Yeah. Which is, like, without taking into consideration that, you know, Polly has a voice, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously when, like, you find out later on, like, Alice kind of had that choice taken away from her. Right. So, it's all about Alice learning that she actually has to listen because she has a history of the exact same thing. Later, Betty goes back into Jughead and is just like, we should know each other. And he's like, samesies. And so, yeah. That's totally how that scene went. It was real romantic. He was like, samesies. Right, though? And then they kissed. (laughs) Yeah. What a kiss, though. Then we're gonna skip over the whole FP and Betty and Jughead scene until later. But now let's move on to Hal uh, and Alice. 
What a scene. Very good. Also, I have a point, though. Uh-huh. Hal is watching baseball and drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And in the very previous scene, FP was also watching the same baseball game and drinking alcohol. So is that a clue as to that they're both bad guys? I don't think so. I think it's just a narratively tie together, like... Just a dad thing. Yeah, it's just, apparently that's what dads do in Riverdale when they're not busy, like, with teenagers on their construction sites. That's what the deadbeat dads do. You know what I'm really impressed with? Hmm. Their nail polish continuity. (laughs) Alice is wearing a pristine, like, light teal, like, manicure the whole episode, and I'm like, yes, who was on nail polish continuity because that thing hasn't even chipped. So impressed. I, t- I actually remember noticing it, too, because it matches her jacket, right? Yeah. Oh, it was so pretty. I know. And, I, like, I kept watching for it every single time. I was just like, do you still have the right nail polish on? <laughs> I love it. No. So I for- really like nail polish. That's my thing. At- <laughs> you do. Her Snapchat is full of, like, here's what <laughs> manicure I have today. <laughs> I am watching a girl who looks exactly like Betty Cooper waltz down the street, looking up at the sky and raising her arms like, what the hell? Like in real life? In real life. Oh my god. She's got, Open like, your window. All pastel colors on. Pink shades. This is unreal. Is Open your window and yell at her. <laughs> Crap, she walked under the awning. Oh my god, that was wild. Were you gonna yell at her? Oh, well, that would have been good content for our podcast. (laughs) Brittany Cat calls a girl who looks like Betty Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our feminist rating just went down. I would never cat call a girl. I would politely say, you look nice today. No, exactly. I like your shirt. I think your sunglasses are really cool. (laughs) I support you. I honestly, but I do sometimes feel like friendly catcalling people, like, or not people, but, like, girls, like, especially yeah. girls who are running, I'm, like, I never do it, but I think to myself, yes, girl, you do it, you get that fitness. Yeah. No, legitimately, though. Help, helpful catcalling, like, yes, I'm proud of you. Yeah, like, sometimes when I'm, like, in the mall or something, or, like, when I'm, like, buying something and the cashier looks really nice, I'll be like, I like you, your shirt today. 100%. I did that to, um... Our checkout lady at Safeway the other day, I liked her earrings, and I was like, you look really nice today. Your earrings are nice. I like being nice to people. Cool. <laughs> and, now, and now back to things that are not so nice. Yeah, okay, I have a question. Uh-huh. So, Alice says that he did, he's doing to Polly what he, the same thing he did to her. Exactly. Now, I, I took that as... You told, you also made an appointment for me, but I got mad at you and we didn't do it. And now we have two lovely daughters. But did you take it as we did and we did do it and now, and I regret that? 100% I took that. Because remember, um, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about, um, the theory of sort of the Coopers versus the Blossoms that, um, Alice got pregnant early. Yeah. And that's why they were, like, high school sweethearts and got married. They were sort of, like, the first Jason and Polly. Mm-hmm. But I think that in that instance, Hal made her get an abortion. Yeah. And then I they mean, had kids at a regular age. 
I guess right now I'm just kind of wondering about the ages between all the other parents. I think they're all meant to be the same ages. Okay. I mean, it's just that Hermione looks like so much younger than everyone else, but that's because she's (laughs) Hermione. Yeah, it's because she like drinks the blood of like young people to stay young. Yeah. Yeah. But I say that with affection because I love Hermione. But yeah, I think they were, I think they're all supposed to be the same age. And that they didn't want to have, like, a teen pregnancy, so Hal sort of forced her to have an abortion. Which right. is really dark. Yeah. Murder teens. Murder teens. So, she yells at him to get out. So sweet. And she says, "By the, at this point, you know what I'm capable of. What does that mean? That's what I'm thinking. Like, we took Alice off the suspect list for a while, but maybe put her back on. I mean, it's, like, it's so on the nose. It's so heavy-handed. Yeah. It has to be a misdirect, yes? Yes, yeah, I think so. Like, maybe Alice was the one who burned the car. But then how does FP have the stuff that was in the car? I don't... Maybe she's in league with FP. I don't know. Okay, Brittany. (laughs) Okay, listen, maybe this theory fell apart mid-sentence. Okay, okay, it's fine. Okay. I still support you. Anyway, I'm just really glad that they're giving the adults, like, more yeah. screen time, because it's working. And this is kind of a turning point for Alice, because she says now she doesn't care what other people will think about it. And it, that's like a, that's a cheering moment. That's like a yeah. yes moment. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever think that would happen for Alice Cooper? <laughs> no. No! Polly chooses Thornhill. And the Blossoms are pretty freaking pumped about that. Why? Like, where did that choice come from? Because she's like, oh, good, mom got rid of dad, and now she really wants to, like, have me around, and she's going to embrace my baby and all this other stuff, but, like, now she chooses Thornhill, and I don't understand. I understand it. Okay, please explain to me, please. I think it was the easier and safer choice. Because the Blossoms have money. Mm -hmm. They are the family of someone that she loved. They don't have the same kind of drama, like, so she won't be living in a household where her mom is only now, like, experiencing character development, where her her mo- parents' marriage might be falling apart. There's just so much going on at the Coopers, and so she sees the Blossoms as, like, a drama-free choice, and they'll give her, she and the baby everything that they could possibly need. Because, right. like, if you're Polly... Just because your mom did one good thing doesn't take back the fact that, like, she raised them a certain way and then sent Polly away. Right. There's so much bad blood there, so there's really no reason for her to trust her. Yeah. I don't know. What what do you think? I'm just a little bit worried about that she's maybe not thinking of the future. Because, like, it's a good choice for now, but, like, in the future, I really feel like they're still, they're going to try and take the baby or babies away from her again. Yeah, I really feel like they're going to. I yeah. kind of, I am a little bit worried that Polly uh, might not live out this season. Oh, you think she's going to die? Yeah, I, I kind of think the show's maybe pointing that way because she came in so late. And even though it's really been about her, I don't know, she doesn't feel like one of the established main characters. She kind of feels like a character that's going to disappear at some point to me. I I hate it, but I'm going to agree. Yeah. So, um, but I really yeah. hope, I I just hope that she can have her babies first, I guess. Yeah, and, like, you know, it would be better if, like, maybe she and, like, the babies, like, or slash baby, because no one's taken her to an OBGYN or mm-hmm. a baby doctor or anything. Um, I hope they kind of just get to run away and live the life that Jason wanted for them, because I don't want her to yeah. die. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. And then Betty and Alice are, like, crying about it, and Betty says that she tried. So it's nice that those two are on the same team. Yeah, I'm really- that was a huge moment for them. I'm really Mm -hmm. here for them trying to develop with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Move on to the manly plotline, because we are doing manly things. Mm, Yes, men. Yeah. All right. So dudes. So, so manly dude things. Yes. Okay, first of all, Archie cannot play video games. Yeah, he's- Archie can't do anything. Can I also bring up that, like, the- the music at the beginning here sounded very Stranger Things? Yeah, I really like- I really liked it. Yeah, no, me too, because I love the music in Stranger Things, but also I, like, forgot what show I was watching for a second. (laughs) Okay, I have some things. I paused on the screen when they were playing the video games, and I'm a little confused. Why? Well, um, their usernames on this video game like I don't play video games like this so like I don't really know how the layout are like is supposed to look but it looks like they were fighting people whose usernames were hit like a robot and the huntress that's not super relevant but it looks like their usernames are judged which would probably be jughead because it looks like the word jughead yep but also judged and um Okay, maybe I'm crazy, and maybe I didn't see it properly, but it looks like Archie's username is just the word wag. <laughs> like, W-A-G. I'm yeah, like... Yeah, because Archie is a wag. I would get that. Not even kidding, though. Like, that's, like, what it looked like his username was. Kate, I'm delighted by that. Yeah. Okay, so those are um some interesting choices for the mm-hmm, teenage mm-hmm. boys. Yep. Um, isn't the Huntress a DC character? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Like, are these inside jokes to, like, the DC shows? Hit like a robot. Is that a thing? Nope, 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 sex robots. Not what I asked for. Oh my nope. god, oh my god, oh my god! <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, the Huntress is a DC Hero is a superhero okay. appearing in American comic books cover published by DC. That's what I thought. in association with Batman. 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 I'm Batman. Well, <laughs> continuing on. <laughs> then Jughead makes the reference, hell is other people. And are you ready for some existentialist French plays? I'm... I mean, I was going to say I'm always ready for that, but no, I'm never ready for that. But continue <laughs> It was published anyway. in 1990, or 1944, and uh-huh. it was called No Exit. It was an existentialist French play. Uh-huh. And it was about these three people who went into hell, couldn't find a way out, of course, because it's called No Exit, and then tried to figure out what the heck they were doing there, or like, yeah. And then it turns out that like... They were supposed to kill each other or something. And then it sounds dark. Yeah, no, yeah, it's an existentialist French play, you know? And so that's why it says hell is other people, I guess. But but what was confusing, but like, it does not surprise me in the slightest that Jug had made this reference. What surprised me about it was that Archie laughed like he got the joke. (laughs) You know he didn't get that joke. No, there's no freaking way Archie. (laughs) 
Understood. Unless Jughead makes this joke all the time and has already explained it to him. But it's also, like, such a Jughead thing to say, which is, like, hell is other people. Jughead's like, yes, I am the brooding introvert and I don't like people. Yeah. It's just, hashtag, that's so Jughead. Hashtag, that's so Jughead. Yeah. Then Fred comes in and he's saying they're breaking ground on the thing. And also, Jughead's like, I don't care as long as you build something beautiful on it. And I'm like, you sweet child that's so nice but also like it's Hiram there's no way they're building something beautiful yeah no definitely not then later Vic who's his foreman I guess is they're leaving because Clifford offered them more money and work super classy super classy like I get it though it makes sense for their characters and also like yeah you gotta go where the money is another reason why Fred is so great because Fred is like yeah I get it, because if I was you, I would do it. Yeah. Like, Fred's not angry, like, at them. He's angry at Clifford. Who's, yeah, it's a completely understandable it motive. That's why, okay, yeah, I love Fred. <laughs> Breaking news. Yep. Then later, he's on the phone with a guy named Don. Don also doesn't have guys. And then Archie's just like, hey, I brought you some, uh, some pizza. But it's, like, the smallest pizza I've ever seen in my life. But that. I I think that's such a nice small example of Archie's thoughtfulness when he's not thinking about himself is he's really Mm -hmm. good at thinking about other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what a nice little gesture. It's like, you know, a tiny pizza, but at least it's a pizza. Yeah, like, at least it's something. He's acknowledging that, like, his dad is there and he's thinking about his dad and, you know, it's something small, but it's nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he's like, how was your date with Val? And he was like, it's good. Uh, (laughs) If he's still dating Val, also I have more things to say about Val later when he's, like, kind of talking to her, but not really listening to her at all, is, like... Yeah, I have thoughts on that as well. Did you see the trailer um, for next episode? Yes. I saw I it. am pupset. What happens in it? He, like, makes out with Cheryl. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Val deserves better. Yeah, 100% Val deserves better. And this is just me reiterating the fact that I don't think that the show is allowing Archie to not have a love interest. And it's it's tiring because it's boring when Archie has a love interest. Yeah. Val is an, a dynamic character way outside of Archie. Yeah. But, you know, apparently she's just here to be his emotional yep. sounding board. Yep. So cool. Another thing I wanted to bring up is that he says... Dad, you always make me talk to you about my problems. And I'm like, well, buddy, like, this is nice, but I think you probably should have used the words, you always get me to talk to you about my problems. Because the the word make makes me sad. Yeah. Because they have, like, a hard one dynamic there. I do like, though, that they're doing, like, the whole sharing thing, because it reflects nicely with, um... Yeah. Veronica and Hermione. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the, sing- the single parent thing, it's a different relationship with your kids than it is in a two-parent household, which you can obviously see with, like, the Coopers and the Blossom versus single parents, right? Yeah. It's, it's a deeper connection. It's it's more of a two-way street. You know, in my experience, because, like, I have a single mom, is sometimes things get shared between you that you wouldn't always get in a two-person household. And I think it's really great because it means that, you know, even though with Archie it's not helpful. With people like Veronica, there's more emotional support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think this season Mary Andrews will come in at all? 
Uh, honestly, no. I feel like she's a plot for next season. Okay. I I think that Fred and Archie are doing okay by themselves, but I would kind of like to see Mary just to see their kind of dynamic, you know? Yeah, I definitely want to see that. I just feel like the season's already so crowded. I don't know if they'd have yes. room for her. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, but and I want to see the business, the business is going under. Yes. Uh, so that sucks. Which is kind of hard for a teenager to hear. Yeah. Next time we see them, Fred is ambushing Cliff and, you know, family issues and Cliff's trying to, like, bleed out the high room for money. Doesn't Cliff have more money than God? Why does he care? Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't even need it. Because it's a family thing, I guess, but, like, let it go, bro. I don't get this at all. Yeah. There's no, like, he wants, he wants their family land back. Like, well, you didn't want it back when it was a movie theater. Yeah. Fake. Fake. Then he says, I'll fight you with everything I have. And Cliff's like, okay, what? Like, what does Fred have? Happiness. Family. (laughs) Smiles. A steady Um, home life without a creepy... Yeah, trust. Yeah. Um, a hot girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, technically Fred doesn't know it, but he has the entire power of the lodges behind him. That's true. He super does. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got this crew who's going to come and and work for him. You've got Archie, you've got Jughead, you've got Kevin, you've got Moose, and you've got this random dude. Listen, uh, you know I love random characters. Mm-hmm. I do not like when random characters show up and they don't have names. Or we don't know. Okay, I'm fine with random characters like when they did... This bothers me so much. Okay, I'm fine with random characters when... Like when they were doing um, Polly's like search party and there needed to be a whole big group of people. Yeah. But when you are picking and choosing the main characters to be a part of this important plot point... Mm-hmm. Do not pick someone we do not know. It's very jarring. Why isn't that Reggie? Tell me why it's not Reggie. I don't get it. That's exactly who I thought should be in that scene. I thought it should be Reggie. Like, I just, I genuinely don't know why it's not Reggie. I don't know why either. And it bothers me a lot. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think that's a complete legitimate, especially since that character, like, plays a little bit of a role in the episode. He has lines. Yeah. And it's like, who is it? Who, who are you? Like, I just don't get it. It, it should have been Reggie. It could have been... It could have been Trev. It could have been Trev! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> yes! I don't know. What an, Anybody what an that moment. we already know. Yeah. Why are they asking that guy? Why are they asking him? We don't know him. We don't know. Anyway, I'm upset. Also, so much plaid! More what? plaid. You wear... The most plaid. The two places you wear plaid. One, when you're a gay lady. Two, yeah. when you're on a construction site. Hey. Or three, if you're Canadian. Yeah. Because <laughs> Betty was wearing plaid that one time, remember? I actually don't own any plaid, and I feel like I just betrayed my people. Brittany. Both the gay and the gays and the Canadians. Brittany. Okay, we need to solve we... this. Oh my god, wait. I don't think I own any plaid either. But mine's just the Canadian side. <laughs> Damn it, woman! <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't own any. I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. We must fix it. When you come, we'll go shopping. We'll go to the mall. Okay. 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 Also, Kevin loves Hermione's shoes. And like, this is, he's like the most stereotypical, but like, he's so freaking charming and adorable that like, mm-hmm. I, I don't matter. Like, I don't, I don't They're mind. They're so far getting away with it. 
Oh, yeah. They are getting away with it because he's just the best. Yeah. I love Kevin. He had that, like, one faltering moment near the beginning when he was, like, erasing Moose's bisexuality, but he's brought it back and he's okay now. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about Moose a little bit. Okay. I mean, we could talk about it later, but I think I'm going to talk about it now. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm just worried. Like, I really hate when people, like, when shows take a character and then don't... So I really hate when shows take a character and then don't take into consideration their previous storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, Lack of continuity. He, he's out here hanging out with Kevin, hanging out with Kevin's boyfriend, doesn't even seem like... He liked Kevin, right? Remember when they hooked up and then found a dead body? Yeah. I want... I I don't want them to lose him. I don't want them to lose him. And then Kevin rejected him? I want him to still be like that. I still want him to be... Also, where's Midge? They should have... They should have, at the very least, some kind of recognition that they've, like, totally moved past, like, whatever happened, or... Yeah. Anything like that. Every time Moose is in the vicinity of Kevin, I'm like, is that awkward? It, but we don't get that answer. No. Why not? I don't know, but it makes me sad. I want, like, I want them to keep Moose as representation. Like, I want him, I want him to be closer. I mean, like, he's always gonna be representation no matter what, but, like, the fact that they haven't developed Moose at all besides, like, the one plot point for Kevin is very odd. Yeah. Many sads. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just a matter of juggling too many characters, but, like, yeah. when you have characters who have that kind of tension, you can't forget it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then Moose is using this as an opportunity to work out, I guess. And <laughs> then the random guy is just like, hey, Kevin, we should have you on the football team. And Kevin's like, hard pass. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Jughead and Archie are talking about, like, your dad's path is not for you. We get it. It's a thing. We're both on it. You yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. We got the symbolism, guys. Yeah, yeah. So then later, Moose is like, oops, I forgot my phone. And then, you know, as soon as he walked outside, I was like, bro, it's night. You can't, like, you know, you know, that's like the most foreboding. Just use find my phone. Exactly. Or like, buddy system. Yeah. I would never, maybe, you know what? Maybe it's because we're women. We would uh, never go outside alone. <laughs> No. Like, I don't wish to die, so. No. Always take a buddy. Take two buddies. That's, we, we go to bathrooms in a group. Exactly. How about all of you go together? Yeah. Anyway, as soon as he, like, walked outside, I was like, buddy, 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 no, buddy. Mm-mm, mm-mm, bad idea. Nope, mm-hmm. go turn around. The phone wasn't worth it. No. It'll still be there. Yeah, they didn't find, they haven't found that. That's not the equipment they're breaking. Yeah. But instead. So, so they break the equipment and they break the moose. Pretty much says, if we keep working, they're going to keep showing up and breaking things. Cute. Then, yeah, cute. And then Keller shows up, and then they're like, hey, it was probably the serpents. And Jughead is literally like, um, <laughs> uh, nope, that's not plausible. Serpents? Never heard of them. He's like, they, they've never bugged me when I was working at the, and I'm like, but why, why weren't they bothering you? Yeah. Hmm. We know hmm. why, okay? So that's still not even, like, really a good, ex- like, it still could have been. Like, it, we know it wasn't, but it still could have been. What, just, what a mystery, you know? I also <laughs> yeah. love that um, people in this town have absolutely no problem telling Sheriff Keller all their theories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, I think it was this person and this person, and I'm gonna do your job for you, and Sheriff Keller's like, what the hell? 
He's like, it's too much. I can't. He, he is but one cop with no other cops. Literally. And then Archie's like, you have blossom bias. Called out. And it's like, Archie, shut up. Say, sit down, my dude. Archie's like, oh my god, is this what oppression feels like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a straight white male. <laughs> Literally, though, he's like, wait, is this, is this what it's like? Oh, it sucks. What a, that's a sad first experience. Also, mm -hmm. can I just say, it's really screwed up that the whole Grundy thing has now been completely dropped and Archie's yeah. not dealing with it at all. No. Because that was actually Archie's first experience with, like, trauma and with, like, a legitimate, like, thing. And, uh, yeah. apparently it had absolutely no repercussions at all. So fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. I want to talk about Archie's discussion with Val. Okay. It really doesn't feel like he's talking or listening to her at all. No, it's a one-sided relationship. And then he just, like, leaves her in his room, like, yep. to, to take, get herself out. I don't know. I, I like to think that she went downstairs and hung out with Fred for a while, and they kind of just both talked about how completely terrible Archie is as a boyfriend. Yeah. Fred's yeah. like, yeah, I can see that. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't raise him that way. That was all Mary. <laughs> they, like, sit there and watch football together, and they're like, yeah, this is good. This is good. <laughs> when Archie goes to Pops, and they're talking about what happened, Jughead says, yeah, his name's Moose, he's fine. What's with uh, Jughead and, and names? Like, it, maybe it's just nicknames, too, because he's just like, uh, my name's Jughead, of course I got beat up. Uh, his name's Moose, of course he's not getting beat up. Listen, sometimes humor doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, but can we go back to Archie and Val for a second? Yeah. I'm really, like, I, I, I liked their relationship, but now I'm kind of looking back at it and being like, Val's only role in that relationship is to listen to Archie complain to mm -hmm. give him some wise words, and then for Archie to ignore it and go do something else. Yep. She is more than that. She shouldn't just be, like, his emotional sounding board where she gets no development. Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, she was that for Josie, and now she's that for Archie. Like, w where's Val's actual, like, character? Val needs to complain to somebody. I need Val and Josie to sit around and have a bitch fest. Or, like, Val and Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. Back at Pops, okay, so Archie says Kevin's boyfriend, and I'm, like, upset because I wanted to see that. I wanted to, like, yeah. see that arc really bad. And I'm sitting here this whole time thinking, what are those two up to? Yeah, I wanted to know that as well. I was like, ooh, like, how's that relationship gonna play out? Because one of them's a serpent and one of them obviously isn't. Yeah. But apparently, and, like, we don't see it. I was... I thought maybe Archie would be like, yeah, Kevin knows this guy who, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm confused about the logistics of this because if everyone knows that's who his boyfriend is, like, does, is his dad like, is his dad okay with him dating a criminal or like, like they were so open with each other before. Are they not as open anymore? Like, I want to know. And I'm sad that we didn't get that. And like, we should have seen like little hints at least like. Them even in casual scenes together. Yeah, like when Just they're- Just to get any sort of development. When they're out at Pops or something, maybe he could also yeah. be there. And, like, that beautiful awkwardness of, like, one of the serpents being at Pops and, like, that weird, like, you know, that mm -hmm. sort of exhausted, but, you know, present in this show, like, other side of the tracks kid, like- Yeah, yeah. Surrounded by, like, 
but they don't do any of that. A greaser, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're gonna go throwback, explore it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But apparently not. So, they're going to this bar, and they're talking about how they're drug dealers, and there's a Trev shout-out, so shout-out to Trev. Shout-out to Trev. The bar is called White Worm with Ys. So style. let's look up that. I don't think you're going to get anything. No, I don't think so either, but I want to check. RuneScape Wiki. Ooh. Mask of the White Worm. That is RuneScape, which was a thing that I played when I was in elementary school. Oh, okay. Uh, ugh. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see these images. I'm I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm googling it. <laughs> I want to see these images. I just I stopped it so it was like white worm but just like regularly spelled. Oh, so you're just looking at pictures of worms. Yeah. Yeah, those are just Oh, no. The thing I'm getting is dragons. Huh? What how did you you spelled it like regularly white regularly worm regularly? No, I I googled white worm both with y's. Oh, yeah, I did that too, but then I Changed it. Now I'm, I'm looking at white worms again. Ah, I have yet to find a worm. All I'm seeing is lots of dragons. That's why, Kate, search white worm spelled normally. Well, fine, but I'm not going to be happy about it. No, you won't because it's gross. Aren't all worms like a pinky white? Ah! <laughs> no! I told you! Those aren't even white worms. That's just like bleh, maggots. Yeah. Why did you make me do that? Because I wanted you to be... In on my terror. Anyway, so White Worm is some kind of nerdy reference yeah, from a game. Probably. Okay, are you ready to complain about Archie? Oh my god! All day, every day, I'm always ready to this go. This freaking moron is just like, I'm gonna go to this badass bar and try to blend in, maybe. And I'm gonna wear... My Letterman, Letterman football jacket. jacket. Just what like I did to a funeral. Him? Hi, I'm Archie Andrews, and I wear my Letterman jacket in inappropriate situations. He's a fool. Archie Andrews is a fool. <sighs> what was he thinking? I don't know. Like, what? What? Why? Does he not own another jacket? He doesn't even like football. And if he doesn't own another jacket, just wear a t-shirt. Don't he, wear that there. Don't. He doesn't even like football that much. And why didn't Kevin or, you know, Joaquin or whatever his name was go, mm, that's probably not a great thing to wear. Honestly, if I were Kevin or Joaquin, I would have been like, yeah, I want to see that pool get, pool get <laughs> ass kicked. Let him wear the jacket. Yeah. Okay, I have a thing about Kevin and Joaquin. Do they have a ship name? No, but they should. Well, not that I know of, but they should. Ke Kev Keen. Wavin? Wa no. Wakev. Wakev? This is a mess so far. How do you feel about Wakev? I, I don't feel great about it. I don't no, feel I great don't about even, it. No, I don't even, but it's the best one I've come across. Anyway, Joaquin and Kevin. Okay. So, at the end... Joaquin says he actually likes me, and he feels really bad about, like, um, mm. tricking him. This gets into some really uncomfortable territory. Also, I'm a little... I'm not sure if I believe him. Because never at any point, even when they were first meeting each other uh, in the Twilight Drive-In episode, mm -hmm. 
did Kevin really seem that into him? And also, they're at the bar, and he takes his money and says, am I going to get this back? And he pretty much just says, no, you're not. And Kevin looks really uncomfortable. It's, again, a failure of the fact that we've seen none of their relationship. Exactly. Agree. So, like, what I'm getting from this is that Joaquin likes Kevin, and Kevin doesn't like Joaquin. I think, like, because we haven't seen any of their relationship, it's totally fair to assume that. Especially yeah. because everything we know of Kevin is, like, Kevin's sort of, like, a player. Yeah. So, but for me, it's uncomfortable because I I don't want it to be that Joaquin is, like, pretending to be gay. Or yeah. something like that. Because, you know, all of that aside, the fact that he's trying to, like, get in with the sheriff's son... Yeah. While being a member of the Serpents, like you said, like, it makes no sense. Wouldn't someone notice? Wouldn't, like, Sheriff Keller notice? Yeah. Or is he just that good of a dude where he's like, I don't care if you date a Serpent as long as he treats you right. Oh, no, I like that better. Yeah, that's really nice. Okay, let's stick with that. Okay. Okay. So then Archie likes confrontation and so confronts a dude that he doesn't even know is the dude that beat up Moose. Archie is an idiot. He, and the guy says, this isn't the first time a bulldog has come in here. So, like, maybe that's the reason why he's wearing his Letterman jacket. And he could be like, you're Jason! Here's that nice visual cue in case you weren't sure. Every time he wears his Letterman jacket in an inappropriate situation, it's just so that people can say, you're Jason! Which is like, what that has to be leading somewhere, right? Yeah, I hope so. The fact that those two look alike has to be... Huh. It's because Cheryl and Archie make out next episode. But also, like, what if someone wanted to kill Archie the whole time and they picked the wrong redhead in the letter oh, jacket? Oh! <laughs> no! Just saying. What the heck? I, like, my, I can't, I don't even want to wrap my brain around that at this point. Alright. I just don't want to. Then FP shows up and he says, you have a bigger imagination than Jughead and that's saying something. So that's a cute line. Uh, and then, you know, he called Fred immediately, and Fred's like, what's up? It's like, I don't want to give FP credit, but good guy FP in this scene. No, it's true, because he, even though he's trying to keep this secret from Fred, he puts Archie's safety over top of that. Yeah. And that's nice. Yeah, there's clearly, there's, even though there's a lot of broken trust between them, and like, a lot of bad blood at the very core of it. I think it's it's very much Archie and Jughead, right? It's like, mm-hmm. we're brothers. Yeah. So, that's gonna... It's like family before anything. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is really beautiful, but it's also kind of like, what's gonna be the thing that breaks it? Yeah. Yeah. Because then they have a conversation, FP and Fred, and FP's saying, I wouldn't come after you like that. But, like, also, I'm having a real hard time believing anything FP says at this point. I don't believe a single thing FP says. So, I don't know. And then we learn that Archie ran away because, of course, he did. Because he's a fool. Yeah. Then Archie shows up at the baby shower and yells at Jughead. Well, quietly. I guess he he, he stays he makes it, He makes enough of a scene. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, Betty and everyone learns that his dad's a serpent and he kept that a secret. That so should have been a conversation that Archie had with Jughead in his room in private. Yep, definitely. Archie is so rash all the time. He's just, he's hot-headed, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Fred is too. Like, you can kind of see, like, he immediately rolls up to the Blossoms, right? Mm -hmm. But Fred thinks about other people, 
Archie is in, like, that teen, like, single-minded focus where it's like, this is how this impacts me, and I must go tell you how upset I am that you've upset me. Yeah. But you can see Archie has potential to be a caring person, it's just he's too wrapped up in his own crap. Mm -hmm. Which is ridiculous, because I don't know if Archie knows that his crap isn't interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing is that, like, he gets home afterwards, and, like, Archie never gets in trouble. Like, he was grounded for a bit there, but, like... He, he still went against that, and then nothing bad ever happened. That boy should be grounded. Agree. And I'm then guessing so, Mary was the disciplinarian there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then, you know, Fred's talking about how he keeps trying to build things. He builds family, builds safe life for Archie, builds a business, and none of these things are working. And it's sad because he cries, and it's like a million tears. I feel so... I think Fred is one of the best characters on this show. Yes. Agree. I really do. And then... Archie's like, what if I have a kid and he has the same trope as me? <laughs> and he also doesn't, doesn't want it to be like his dad. So now FP meets Betty officially. Mm-hmm. And he's watching baseball, like I was saying before. And he says that they were helping Jason and just assumed that he took off until we, they found out that he died. Um, and then Jughead asks, did you have anything to do with the murderer? And he says, I'm not a good dad, but I'm not a killer. But I'm like... But I don't believe you until you're know. proven innocent at this point. FP is so unreliable. I don't, I, as a narrator, I don't believe anything that FP says. No. And at the same time, is it just me or are you having trouble with like when FP's drunk and when he's not? Yeah. I can't, I can't tell like why he's drunk or when At this point, I'm drunk. kind of just assuming that he always is. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Why is he a, a good leader of the serpents? Or, you know, how is he doing all of this? Like, I, I guess he's a functioning al- alcoholic, but I'm just not really understanding his storyline right now. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know, Betty's like, do you believe him? And he's like, and he does believe him. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And then, you know, they start making out. And, okay, are, are you ready for an imagine? Uh, of course. Okay. So, close your eyes. Okay. FP... Mm-hmm. is in his little trailer <laughs> and Betty and Jughead have just walked out the window but now he's gonna start doing walked some shady window. things okay. I mean just walked out the door <laughs> so Betty and Jughead have just walked out the door mm-hmm. and he's gonna start doing some shady things so he wants to check and see if they've if they're gone or not okay so he walks over and he opens his curtains to see if they're gone okay Sees that they're just, like, making out for half a minute, opens the window, and sticks his head out. Like, it's not even the sticking just your head out, but, like, the stereotypical thing where you, like, stick out half of your body, like, your entire torso, right? And then puts his, like, cups his his hands around his mouth, right? You see what I'm seeing? Mm -hmm. Of course. And just goes, get a room! (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay... So it's either that, or he's like, oh man, this kiss needs better lighting. And like, <laughs> starts like shining his phone. I'm like, who's the DOP on this set? That pink though. Yeah, right? I was right. like, this is magical. So obviously that was Fred just being like, guys, I got you. <laughs> Not Fred. Okay. FB. So Jughead goes back to Archie's house and he apologizes and then they talk about how they're brothers and I think this is interesting because Jughead's not afraid to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and this is like 
a way that they're showing how Archie is like is afraid to be vulnerable because he's like you're like I don't know like I care about you. Nice bro whisper, Archie. And Jughead's like, bro, you can say it. That that nice bro whisper, Archie. That was so funny. I rewound and watched that twice. <laughs> because like Jughead is us. Honest, like honestly, he is though. But it's like, yeah, Archie, like. Don't be afraid. It's, like, it's weird because Archie's not afraid to, like, cry sometimes and, like, talk about some things, but then mm-hmm. other times he's, like, whatever, like... I mean, you've been best friends with him for years and years and years and you can't say you're, like, my brother when you're living together. I think Archie's unlearning toxic masculinity. Mm. The farther he gets away from the football team and from this that environment, good. the more he gets in, like... Honestly, like, the more time he spends with people like Veronica and Jughead and everyone, he's unlearning a lot of really crappy behavior. And so, like, this is really a huge step for Archie to, like, be like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a little bit confused. So FP, like, we thought that someone had planted Jason's jacket in there because FP wouldn't keep it out in the open if he knew it was there. But apparently he was anyway. It turns out he's that stupid. Okay. I mean, I guess it worked out for him. No one found it. And then he put it in the bag and... So, what's Joaquin gonna do with it? Just, like, hide it? And because he says this is our insurance or something? Yeah, I'm guessing he's gonna store it, and then at some point, the guilt will take over and he'll show Kevin. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, like, what does FP think he's gonna do with it? Like, are they just, like, having this so that they can maybe plant it somewhere? Yeah, probably because Jughead's coming over to his house too much. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Then we sort of talked about uh, Joaquin and Kevin, and then... FP brings his friends and says, it's okay if people come and try and beat us up because we can probably handle it. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, frickin' called it. Mm. At the beginning of the episode, they were like, oh, we're out of men. And I was like, just hire the serpents. Yeah, literally. At the end of the episode. Oh, look at that! (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Hiram is the one who sent the dudes. But then again, like, do we believe FP anyway? Yeah, I believe him. What we're supposed to what we're supposed to think is that Hiram found out that she was dating Fred and is now sending people to mess up Fred because he was going to give it to because he was going to give the construction job to other people and then it wasn't Hiram's idea to give it to Fred. No, it was Hermione's. So that's why Hiram's upset. But then he's like, "Who ratted you out?" So like Veronica, probably. It one hundred percent Veronica. Absolutely Veronica. So now, what are the consequences of that? That's concerning me. I'm a little worried. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Like, Ronnie, Ronnie, what have you done? Now it's time for our segments. My first segment is called Asexual Jughead, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is, I guess, always, I guess. Yay, but also maybe. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? Guys, it was implied. It was implied that he ate a burger, yeah. He was in front front of of him? Yeah. 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 And for my best line award this week, it goes to Kevin Keller for... I prefer my contact sports one-on-one, you know, like boxing. And my best line award goes to Jughead for... Nice bro whisper, Archie. (laughs) Nice bro whisper. (laughs) Nice bro whisper. I'm going to use that from now on. Whenever men are, like, trying to be not vulnerable but vulnerable, nice bro whisper. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. And we just released our first episode of our Lost podcast and recorded our second episode. It's a thing and it's happening. And we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. 
You can follow at the aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything you'd like us to discuss or talk about or talk about with us or correct us. We just like talking to you. Or point out the burgers that we miss. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theaficionados. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. And our website is theaficionados.com because all of our things are just theaficionados. All our social yep. media. Yep. And we're going to start doing blog posts soon. Robin has some hundred stuff uh, yep. getting ready to go. So that's going to happen, I want to say this week, I'm going to get that done. Okay. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us next week for episode 109 of Le Grand Illusion. Okay, love you, bye! Love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! <laughs> bye! Love you the most, bye! Bye!